0: Perfect Talkers, what it do is your guy DJ Playboy back once again. Let's talk about your guy, Jonathan Majors, fresh off of box office success, being arrested on a domestic dispute charge. Also, we're going to talk about Beyonce and Adidas deciding that they're going to split ways. Donald Trump said he was going to get arrested, but ain't nothing happened yet. Talk about the NCAA tournament on the women's side. I see some hands being thrown. I see some fist fighting. I watch. Also, we're going to talk about a break in that Rihanna's crib. And Perfect Talk Product Talk on my guy, Aaron Yara. All that and much, much more. Stay tuned. DJ Playboy. What's good, Josh? Your man DJ Playboy <laughs> back with another episode of the Perfect Talk Podcast, man. And on this episode, you guys rolling solo dolo, at least for this first segment, man. It's something that we do a little different around here. Um, Shout out to my guy, Keith. You know what I mean? He has some big life-changing events happening in his life. I'm going to let him come back on here and talk to y'all, tell y'all about that. Shout out to my guy, Speck. He was down, stricken with the COVID, you know what I mean? It happens to the best of us. Um, Blessings that he got in 2023 as opposed to 2020 when things were a lot worse. So, you know what I mean? But he'll be back soon, and uh, Keith as well. So, shout out to them fellas, man. And uh, I had to come on here and talk to y'all. You know, it's a little different just being on the mic by myself, man. It's something that I, I, full disclosure, wanted to do for a long time and uh just felt like yo it's time it's time to do it it's time to make that move it's 2023 i'm trying to keep these episodes coming out consistently for y'all so yeah i think you know i mean you might see a little bit more you guys just dj playboy talking to y'all one-on-one um on this episode we got a lot of things to talk about man we gotta talk about beyonce we're gonna talk about rihanna we're gonna talk about donald trump a little bit later we got one of my new segments perfect talk product talk where uh we showcase small businesses you know i mean small business owners Artists, creatives, anybody that's got something popping, you know what I mean, in terms of uh, independent business, entrepreneurship, we talking to them, and we going, um, just, you know, getting into their minds, getting into what makes things work for them, and, and also what makes them tick, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, a lot of things happening, man. First up, this happened, like, real close to us recording. Uh,
1: Actor Jonathan Majors arrested for alleged assault.
0: Uh, Jonathan Majors, you know what I mean, he got himself a little bit caught up, uh not sure what happened but it looks like it's a domestic dispute that had went down um he was arrested on saturday morning in new york city in manhattan um charged with strangulation harassment and assault uh new york police officers responded to a 911 call shortly after 11 a.m for alleged domestic dispute at an apartment in the city's chelsea neighborhood um Looks like a 30-year-old woman told police she'd been assaulted. And then officers placed Jonathan Majors, the Ant-Man star, Quantumania, uh, the Creed 3 star. You know what I mean? Uh, Big career moves. They placed him in custody without incident. Um, Looks like the victim sustained minor injuries, head head and her neck, and uh, was sent to an area hospital in stable condition. Um, So it's not looking great. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to kind of let the facts... Trying to fill themselves out on this situation um Jonathan Majors spokesperson has denied any wrongdoing by the actor um they said he has done nothing wrong we look forward to clearing his name and clearing this up um so where does that leave us right now it's an interesting place because Jonathan Majors you know what I mean his career is is taking off right it's uh just this is the peak <laughs> you know what I mean this is the time like you get the Marvel contract you got the Creed three popping biggest sports movie release of all time you know what i mean and something like this to happen it's an ugly situation either way whether he actually did it or whether it's you know somebody making up something about him um it just shows how ugly things could be you know what i mean if someone's making something about him like you wait till the time that he's at the peak of his career to do that and if it was something that he truly did do it's like that lapse in judgment could cause him to lose so much at a time when there's so much to gain um so definitely, you know what I mean, uh, just want to see how that one pans out. Um, I liked where Jonathan Major's career was going, you know what I mean? Um, so, like I said, we wish him the best. Uh, but if unfortunately, you know, if he is guilty of what he's being accused of, man, you got to suffer the consequences in today's society. And whether that's, you know, actual jail or, or some type of uh, legal trouble or full-blown cancellation in terms of the inter- entertainment industry. Um, uh, we just gonna have to wait and see on that one. But, uh, yeah, let's see where that goes. You know what I mean? Um, next up
1: Beyonce and Adidas mutually agree to part ways. looks
0: like Beyonce and Adidas have decided to split ways. Um, Hmm. That's interesting. They, uh, they came together, uh, with the Ivy park clothing brand, which I believe Beyonce owns. Uh, she had a collaboration going on earlier, uh, Topshop, I believe, was the the brand that she was working with before um, in 2019 uh, or 2018, I believe. Top Topshop's uh, Philip Green, he was the owner of the clothing brand, um, had f- some sexual harassment and racial harassment allegations. And in the following year, Beyonce relaunched Ivy Park with Adidas. Um, looks like it was a creative partnership, and you know Beyonce was excited about it at the time. Um, but it looks like they have decided to part ways due to, like, just cult, uh, creative differences. Um, I feel like, and I don't have the numbers to back this up, but I feel like I heard uh, somewhere not too long ago that they are not make they weren't making that much money off of the Ivy Park brand. And I'll be honest, I can't even say that I've seen any Ivy Park, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know if it's something that Beyonce wears regularly. Um... And I'm also not the demographic she's pushing it to. But, yeah, it's not something that I've seen real pre- prevalent in terms of uh, clothing and, and in the culture. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because Beyonce just wasn't pushing herself or if maybe she just wasn't in love with the stuff that Adidas was making. Um, but, yeah, it looks like they decided to mutually part ways. Um, and I'm sure Beyonce is going to bounce back um, with something else. It's weird because Beyonce is such a like She's so quiet in terms of, like, when she's not on the stage and when she's not in the studio that, like, it it, uh, it makes you wonder like, if she's big on pushing these brands, like, like I said, I don't know if I've ever seen her in the Ivy Park, I've seen Jay-Z in the Ivy Park, right, and, and if you guys are old enough to remember when Rockaway was a label, like, I don't think that Jay-Z wore Rockaway in his day-to-day life, but, however, if you seen him in a music video, he'd be wearing it, you know, I'm mean, you seen him pushing it, so, um, like I said, I don't know if that's something maybe that Beyonce wasn't doing or wasn't interested in doing, or if that's more so something where, like, she wasn't in love with the brand, but we wish her the best, you know what I mean, I know she's got, a lot on the way in terms of that big tour coming up. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if she relaunches Ivy Park um, in the future, you know what I mean, with just another brand or another movement or just solo dolo. Because um, you don't need nobody, B. You got that guap.
1: Whoopi Goldberg uses a slur on The View.
0: Whoopi Goldberg used the word jip. This happened a few weeks ago. Um, and I, I remember hearing about it. And it, it struck me. It was Whoopi Goldberg was on The View and she was talking about um, Donald Trump. And while discussing the former president, she uh, said something to the effect of his supporters feel that he got gypped um, in the 2020 presidential election. Kind of, you know, like meaning like she feels like he got jerked or robbed, whatever the case may be. You know, that was a term that we used in the 80s, 90s. Um, I remember it. I didn't realize until maybe after twenty. 10, 20, 20, maybe, that gypped was even a slur. I knew it was something that the word that we didn't really use anymore. um, It was kind of old school. But, yeah, it was at that point I learned that it was a slur, and I guess maybe Whoopi Goldberg maybe didn't either know, or just sometimes the way you used to talk is just so prevalent in your vocabulary that you're just like, yo, I'm just, it it comes out naturally. Um, But apparently the term gypped is a a slur um, against gypsy uh gypsies community um it's been used to describe uh the romani people uh marion webster defined gypped as being cheated uh defrauded swindled and i think that was a term that um whoopi goldberg was using it but uh once she made that comment a lot of people just came out on twitter saying yo that's that's an offensive term you can't use that it's and the funny thing about it i knew it was an offensive term but i didn't even know it was for that uh Community of people. I I thought it was a (laughs) a whole different other community of people that that term was used for. So it's it's not um, common knowledge. I like I said, I knew it was a slur, but I I know there's a lot of people who might have used the term not knowing it was a slur. Uh, And I think that's what Whoopi Goldberg uh, had found herself in trouble with. She did come out and apologize and say, you know, uh, that uh, she she used the term wrong um, and shouldn't be using it at all. Uh, She said when you know when you're a certain age, use words that. You know from when you were a kid, or you remember saying, and that's what I did today and shouldn't have. I should have thought about it a little longer before I said it, but I didn't. I should have said cheated, and I used another word, and I'm really, really sorry. Um, and I think that's a genuine apology. You know what I mean? When you're on these microphones, on in front of these cameras, you're going to say things that come naturally to your mind, and it's not always going to be politically correct or even up to the times, um, even though that might not be your full intention. I don't think Whoopi Goldberg wanted to hurt any group of people, but... It just so happened that uh, people were offended by her comments, and it's something that she's gonna have to, you know, just be aware of in the future. Cause you can apologize for something once, but I think if you slip twice, they're like, ah, nah, nah, that's that's how you talk. <laughs> so we are gonna see, man, uh, what is next?
1: Donald Trump predicts his arrest, and the world waits to see if it will come true.
0: Donald Trump, you know, he put out that he was going to be arrested. He was at a a, a rally, and he said that he was gonna be arrested the following. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday I believe uh of, of that week which is uh which is weird you know nobody really knew where that was coming from uh we found out that I believe the New York uh district attorney was trying to do a probe into the stormy Daniels hush money case uh, and, and I was a little bit confused by this one I didn't even know that you couldn't give somebody hush money but I guess it has more to do with the election law that if election funds are used as hush money, uh, which I think that's what they were alleging, then that is illegal. You can't do that. Uh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> Maybe Donald Trump didn't even. But it was it was it's wild because what he did he called for people to protest if he is arrested, uh, which is wild um, that you would even try to align a group of people to meet up somewhere to protest anything after what happened on January sixth. You a wild boy for that, Um, but he kind of like is is is, has smoke for the uh, the DA Alvin Bragg. Uh, It emerged that uh, this week that Alvin Bragg may have received death threats um, to his home, and and that's something that's a little wild. You know what I mean? Like Donald Trump on his true Social platform said what kind of person could charge another person in this case a former president of the united states who got more votes than any sitting president in history and leading candidate blah 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 (laughs) when it's known by all that no crime has been committed and also known that the potential death and destruction in such a false charge could be catastrophic for our country uh trump then answered his own question adding only a degenerate psychopath that truly hates the usa um, that being a reference to, uh, Alvin Bragg, uh, Manhattan's first black district attorney. Um, and then I believe earlier that day, uh, the former president referred to Alvin Bragg as an animal. Um, and it's like, yo, you, you're, you're, you're wilding, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's cause, cause the people that support Donald Trump, unfortunately, some of them are extremists and, uh, will go as far as hurting people. You saw that, um, In the Nancy Pelosi, uh, incident where her husband was attacked, um, by someone who just believed all this QAnon nonsense that they seen online, um, NBC News reported Friday afternoon that the NYPD and FBI are investigating a letter mailed to Alvin Bragg that contained a death threat and a white powdery substance, which was later found to be non-hazardous. The letter reportedly came from Orlando, Florida and was postmarked on Tuesday, um, yeah and and they said the craziness started when Trump got on there uh predicted his own arrest um which which actually never happened. It didn't come around to happening um but basically just caused a caused a big stir and I don't know if it was like a media ploy a, a publicity stunt, whatever the case may be to just get that attention back on uh the 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 upcoming election and his upcoming uh campaign but it's dangerous bro when your words are that dangerous um that, that it's, it's it's a scary situation um something i gotta say too is they, they try to shut trump down with the whole twitter and all of that by taking him off of that and he started his own movement uh, um, over there true social and it's still people still pay attention to it no matter you know i don't think too many people log on there but when he says something it still rings bells and um it's it's unfortunate that he's not using that power for good that he's using it for the same old bullshit that uh he was on before with it um but something I don't know if you were paying attention this week that was kind of uh interesting with a deep fake uh excuse me, I don't even not they got me using the word the wrong word. The AI images of Trump being arrested, um, that like spread on Twitter and things like that. Um, they were pretty good AI images. Uh it, it told me that, one, people don't know the difference between a deep fake and where AI images are. You know what I mean? Uh, the deep fakes are usually the videos where somebody would take one video and superimpose somebody's image um, on top of that video so that they're doing the same motions that, that they were doing in the, the previous one and you can make it look like. So basically, if Donald Trump was getting fucked by one of these officers in a, in a video, that would be a deep fake. But these pictures that we saw were AI generated, which is, is scary because it shows that both of them could be used to make fake uh, news. Um, and, and it, it was a picture. I think the one of Trump getting gang tackled, I guess the way you really knew it was fake was when Trump was running away. Like it just all seemed kind of silly. Um, but th- there obviously are people online that will believe, uh anything they see in a picture, you know what I mean? And, uh, Twitter even self, Twitter itself had to come out and say that this isn't an actual image, that this is a AI image. This isn't real. Um, the person who made the picture, Elliot Higgins uh he lives in the netherlands and uh yeah he came up with something of uh putin i believe being arrested also um recently it, he was behind the trump uh images uh he, i guess he's nice with the ai art <laughs> you know what i mean shout out to him but um it just goes to show you man you can't believe everything you see and everything you you, you read and everything you come across video picture anything you know what i mean like check your sources because i'm sure some people out there was reporting the wrong stuff um
1: memphis women's basketball player charged with assault after punching bowling green player in handshake line <laughs>
0: this one i don't know if y'all paying attention to the uh ncaa tournaments going on out there um march madness still in in full effect shout out to everybody out there still playing shout out to everybody out there betting making that guap um and i i don't know if y'all paying attention to the n-i-t tournament um we used to call that the you know not in tournament <laughs> you know, 20, uh, but there'd be people out there, you know what I'm saying? bowling doing, doing the one too. Um, and something I seen this week that kind of upset me in, and not only the NIT, but the actual, uh, tournament was, there was a player, um, that played for Memphis. Her name was Jamira shoots. And, uh, she struck or apparently, uh, allegedly struck a, uh, a player on bowling green. It was named Alyssa Brett. um, during the, the, the handshake line. I don't know if you guys are familiar. At the end of a game. You know. The two teams will uh, shake hands. And. Uh, I'm looking at the video now. It looks like. Uh, when shoots. Got in front of. Uh, Brett. She kind of stopped. Had some words. And. As Brett was walking away. She kind of. Uh, you know. Threw a punch. Uh, Brett. I dropped immediately. Which is. I don't It was crazy. Um, but just the whole scene is crazy. Like. Uh, this comes on the heels, actually, of another one that occurred, uh, a confrontation on the the handshake line between two other players. Um, let me see this one. He me pull this one up for ya. Yeah. This one involved Haley Van Lith um, and Sonia Morris. Um, I think it was Texas Longhorns versus Louisville. Um, and look right there, you can see like when she had some choice words to tell her at the beginning of the line while she, you know, shorty was just trying to do the handshake thing. Um, I guess if you got, you know, words that you got to say and, and things you want to say, like, you know what I mean? You can express that. Um, that one I'm not that mad at cause it didn't come to blows, but you know what I mean? When, when they, when, when it comes to blows, like when, when you can't handle your emotions at the end of a game, That just shows me, like, just how corny you are. Because children could do that. You know what I mean? Like, children could lose a game and still be able to, like, shake hands at the end of it. Whether their emotions are still into it. Whether it was a sore loser. Something that you've seen in both of these incidents, too, is they was on the losing team, right? The losing team always got something to say. But I'm pretty sure if you would have won that, you would have been cool. You would have been able to move past it. Um, Which really shows me that it's more of that sore loser stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they tried to call Angela Bassett a sore loser because she didn't want to clap. Uh, for Jamie Lee Curtis at the Oscars. That's not a sore loser. That's that's your emotion being caught up in it. You walking up and punching somebody after the game. That's the definition of a sore loser. Um, and I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm not for canceling people. And I'm not for people losing the opportunities. But I feel like Shorty uh, Jamara shoots. Like, yeah, you might have to pay the price on this one. You might not, you know what I mean, be able to come back and do the one too in in the basketball tournaments like that. Because... For me, that's just like, that's, you took it too far. You know what I mean? You took it above the line. Like, it ain't, I don't know. It, it's, there's a limit. You know what I'm saying? How do we stop other players from doing this? How do we stop handshake, line, sucker punches? You, you know what I mean? We got to make an example of you. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't, I, I, on the other hand of it, you know what I mean? Somebody losing their scholarship or their opportunity to get education. I can't say I'm 100% for that, but you do the crime. You got to do the time. And that's, that's nutty. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't knock that. Um, looks like she was actually charged with assault too. Jemaira shoots uh, was charged with assault this weekend. Um, so the incident. Uh, sorry, the University of Memphis released the following statement saying that the incident that occurred on Thursday's women's game was extremely unfortunate and certainly not consistent with the representative of our expectations of our programs and student athletes because the incident occurred after the game jurisdiction falls in the hands of local authorities and we are cooperating fully with their process to be respectful of that process we will not comment until uh further until it is complete but yeah man um nah that's that's you gotta know you gotta know you know what i mean like it ain't it ain't <laughs> it, 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 you got stuff to lose you know what i'm saying it, it is and the funny i was gonna say it ain't a game but that just sounds crazy because it is a game it's a children's game. That's how you know. Be people always bring that up all the time. Like you get paid millions of dollars to play. You know what I mean? Be, uh, play a kids game. You get to be on TV. You get to go to school to play the kids game. So the fact, like I said, that kids can handle it better than kids can be handle losses better than this young lady did shows me that maybe you know what I mean. She isn't mature enough for the opportunity that she is receiving. Um, and it sucks, man. Cause now, like. You know what I mean? Now you going to have a record. Now you got something. It's like, for what? For what happened during the game? For like, it wasn't even that serious from what i seen in the comments. It was like calls were going the other girl's way. You know what I mean? Like, what could she have said to you to really make you lose your opportunities like that, ma? I don't know, but uh Yeah. Y'all ladies got to get it, and it was an MIT tournament. Nobody pays attention to it; it don't even matter. Not even the NCAA joint. You know what I mean? The second one, where um, between Texas and Louisville, you know that was the real tournament. But you know what I mean? The shorty still kept her composed. She has some words to say, but she ain't wild out. But you in the MIT tournament? Sucker punch or somebody? (laughs) And you might deserve to lose (laughs) Lose them. You you failed a stupid test on that one, ma. Um, Shh. Before we get up out of here, uh, and move on to our next segment. Like I said, that Perfect Talk product talk is coming up real soon. I got to talk about this uh, breaking at Rihanna's crib.
1: Rihanna's security detail detains man at her house who hoped to propose Uh, to the singer. Man
0: was detained after breaking into Rihanna's home to propose. (laughs) A man was detained by law enforcement after allegedly attempting to break into the home of Rihanna on Thursday. This is according to TMZ. Uh, Unfortunately, her security stopped the intruder before he was able to make his way into the residence. Apparently, it looks like he was there to propose. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, A man wearing a red Nike hoodie and sweatpants was immediately handcuffed and questioned by police who informed him not to return to the uh, address before releasing him. Um, Yeah, that is nutty. Uh, It's not known if ASAP Rocky, or Rihanna uh, were home at the time. Um, but it's 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 scary because it ain't the first time it's happened to Riri. You know what I mean? Um, In 2018, a man named Eduardo Leon was arrested outside of her home um, and charged with stalking, and first-degree residential burglary, vandalism, and resisting address. Uh, sorry, re- resisti- resisting arrest. I know how to talk. Um, Additionally, in 2015, a man was arrested after showing up to the Fenty Beauty founder's home uh, unannounced, following violent threats on social media even as early as, or as soon as uh July 2021 police were called after a man was seen climbing and hopping a wall that surrounds one of the several homes owned by the billionaire um it's nutty <laughs> it is nutty uh that time it looked like the intruder was able to escape uh before the police arrived but yeah not a scary man like uh it, it, I feel I feel for the women that have to deal with the stalker situations. And not that only women have to deal with them because it's scary when men have to deal with it as well. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it, if this was anybody else, I'd be like, yo, it's probably you, man. It's probably the energy you're putting out. But we see the energy Rihanna's putting out. She's chilling. <laughs> she ain't putting out nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it, when you're just that beautiful that people are just obsessed with you and, and people are just in love with your work, like that's, that is really scary because it, you can't control that. You're just being you. You're just putting out, your, you know what I mean? What you want to put out. And some people just can't control themselves, you know what I mean? So, uh yeah, I, thoughts and prayers on Rihanna, even though nobody got hurt or anything in the situation. People showing up to your crib, you know what I mean? You know how Biggie handled that, you know what I'm saying? What you think all the guns is for? <laughs> All-purpose war got the right wireless by the door, man. Yes, 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 stay tuned. Right, Coming up next is my favorite segment. Perfect Talk, Product Talk, and this time we're going to have my guy Aaron on here. You know, Aaron has a couple of websites that uh, he'd like to tell you all about, so uh, stay tuned. What's good, y'all? We are back, man, and I told y'all it's my favorite segment, Perfect Talk, Product Talk, and I'm here with my guy. You know, he's like one of my mentors, especially when it comes to anything in terms of uh, online and uh, internet-based just content. Like, that's the guy I come and talk to. He's my guy. His name is Aaron Yara. What's good, man?
2: Hey, what up? Thanks for having me,
0: man. <laughs> we don't even got to talk like we're strange. We, we me and Aaron are good friends. We actually used to work together. How long is that? Over over a decade ago. I think we
2: were. Yeah, together. probably <laughs> 10, 10 years.
0: Yeah. 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 But we kept in touch. And I, I just always knew Aaron was just he was just a um, just a, a, a ton of information in one person. You know, what I mean, like he always uh, what they call it, a bastion of information. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he was just hitting me with a, with a ton of just stuff all the time. And back then it was we were talking a lot about uh, production beats.
2: And things yeah, like music that. production.
0: Yeah, and you're still into music production, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: Yep, I'm in the lab right now. I got everything. It's <laughs> uh, mostly a hobby, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. And you kind of shifted your focus over to uh, websites. Um, would you call it blogging? Was that the, is that the official term for it? Or
2: yeah, well, I I currently run two blog websites, but okay. yeah, I've uh, I've run a lot of different websites over the course of my life that's sweet that's sweet
0: man and i know that right now you're running two of them um that are doing some really big things so we definitely gonna get into that uh what are the names of the, the two websites that uh, you're running right now
2: so the main website i run is called uh phaser media and it's kind of like I don't, the bet the best compliment we ever got was from a, a friend of our family who said it was like buzzfeed before it got shitty mm.
1: but,
2: <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like pop culture stuff but we focus on a Kind of obscure things or weird things you wouldn't normally think about. Okay, and then the second website is called Puff Crunch, which is kind of a junk food website. We cover a lot of uh, chips, energy drinks, soda, candy, and it's just kind of like my friend and I like eating a lot of junk food, so we figured we <laughs> might as well might as well put some writing out about it.
0: Yeah, why not, man? Do it up. Um. And just, I run uh, Perfect Talk podcast and I, I do another podcast with my homegirl, AO Niche. And I have a, a radio show that I do with my guy, DJ Show. So I know how busy things can get. There. So this first question actually Definitely. might be a selfish one, one more so for my own. Uh, <laughs> I need the answer more than anything. But uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, a parent and a husband, how do you navigate the work life balance?
2: Staying very organized and, uh, so I use uh, a f- a few years ago I went to a seminar for a program called David Allen's Getting Things Done, and mm-hmm. it's like a productivity kind of uh like workflow that you go through. And then you went I to learned the a lot se- from it. You said you went to the seminar? Yeah, my job okay. sent me. It was like a whole day thing where you where, where you where learn how at? to do it. Uh, I don't know, somewhere somewhere downtown, one of the conference rooms. Oh, might okay. been like the tower.
0: Gotcha. So Upstate New York, basically. If anyone yeah, doesn't know yeah. where we're at here, <laughs> um, but yeah, so you got you got a lot from that conference in just terms of organization.
2: Yeah, and then I kind of developed my own style over the years. So current currently, what I do, I have a to do list app. I I use one called uh, Todoist, and a uh, big thing about it is a lot of people will put stuff on their to do list and then not do it and then feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Where I kind of. I don't really put due dates on anything like for example recording with you today obviously there's a hard time for that so I did put a due date on that but most of the stuff on my to-do list I tag by location and like how long it's gonna take Mm. so if I so that way like no matter what life throws at me if I'm in my house for an hour I can look at okay what can I do in my house for an hour or if I'm in the waiting room at the doctor I'm like all right I'm outside the house I have 15 minutes what can I do here kind of thing so everything's kind of instead of being based on hard timelines because I feel like that just makes you overwhelmed is everything's based on like location and priority instead Mm. Mm. and then that way you can just whenever you have free time you just knock as many things off the list as you can fill the list back up keep going kind Mm -hmm. of thing
0: no, that makes sense. Uh, you told me something too. Uh, before we started recording, that um, it it, it similar to uh, advice I heard this week called the scary hour, where people will wake up and they'll hit their their hardest task in the first hour of the day, um, just to try to knock it out. Um, and you said something similar when we were off air about like on specifically Sundays how you'll bang out all your content stuff that way you can enjoy the rest of the day. Is it is that like the attitude that you try to take like work first, play later, or chill later? I guess.
2: Yeah, or just making sure that you have everything organized like like think about it the opposite way where instead of your to-do list is filled with stuff Mm -hmm. and uh you're like oh look at all this stuff i have to do i kind of think of it the opposite way where it's when i chill i know everything is organized and taken care of so i can really chill i don't have to worry or have anxiety about what's coming up because Mm -hmm. i i took all of that out of my brain and put it into my phone basically make and then make my it. phone tells me what to do
0: yeah make your phone do the work that's that's smart yep. man. <laughs>
2: nah, <laughs> um, a yeah no i'm big widget guy
0: yeah 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 i remember you when i told you i was getting iphone you were like why <laughs> before the widgets got on the iphone and all that yeah uh,
2: they've widgets just now they're pretty good
0: yeah, yeah they came up but uh i know you told us a little bit about each website but i i kind of want to know what's the main goal of each of the websites like i know if i go to phaser media i know something that i can find is definitely underground hip-hop definitely um information about like horror films you know what i mean yep. um be it niche or not um but tell me what's the main goal you have with both of the websites
2: oh so i have uh i have a lot of student loan debt okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've, been it,
2: I've been paying it for uh a little over 10 years now and i'm oh. probably about halfway paying it down but a lot of the a lot of the profit that the site makes just goes towards like extra payments on my student loans. I don't make a whole lot of extra money yeah, because yeah. Um, I have employees that I pay as well, but what, you know, whatever I can do to, to pay down the loans faster. So like the, as much as I love making content for the websites because it's stuff that I like, mm-hmm. like the main, the main overall goal is to become financially independent and debt free.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I guess I'm more so probably worded that wrong. I, more, I guess what so <laughs> is more so the message that you want each uh, website to push or what is it that you're trying to get out with both? Like if I'm uh, just just a, a consumer of either one, maybe I'm a, a fast food uh, aficionado or I'm into horror films. Like what is it that the average uh, user is going to get from each of the websites and that you would want them to leave with?
2: Uh, OK, yeah. So with Phaser, I want someone to come away. Maybe like knowing something they didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of blogging, especially informational blogging, like what I do is helping people answer questions. So that's why I like, I, I write a lot about movie recommendations or kind of obscure things you didn't want to know, or not, not that you didn't want to know, but you didn't know before you came to the website. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just kind of helping people answer questions that they have about things that they're really passionate about like horror movies or junk food the junk food site is like i feel like a lot of websites about energy drinks and stuff feel very clinical it's like there's this much vitamin b there's this much caffeine it's like not really fun to read about yeah so so with puff crunch we're really trying to like make the whole not even so so it's almost like the foodie thing except with processed food. It's just like it's kind of like fun and exciting. We like all the little weird flavors that came out, you know, like uh like wrap snacks. We tried a bunch of those and stuff. No, make a, all the make all junk the weird food fun again. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> nah that's dope. I like that man. I like what you're doing. Um so what is it? Cause you, you mentioned I remember when maybe before phaser it was a uh, effective nerd um that was a uh, one that was your brand that was your site that you were pushing so what is it about yeah. uh blog websites? i believe that was a blog site as well that what is it about those type of sites that pushed you to make it one of your passions to add it on with with uh production and all the other things that you do uh what made it a blog websites that thing that kind of got, got, came to the forefront in terms of this is what i'm going to do i know you spoke about the financial motivation behind it yeah but, um i guess creatively what was it about them that made you want to go that route
2: Um, as a person, even though I do have like the creative side of my personality, I'm a very analytical kind of data-driven person Okay, and running websites is something that kind of combines both of those, like the, like hard data with creativity. Mm. So it was something that kind of just spoke to me, um, naturally. Also, I, uh, I got my start really early. Like I started writing HTML code for websites when I was like nine. Okay. My My dad used to, um, pay me allowance for <laughs> he used he used to ask me to he he ran like a almost like Yelp before Yelp mm-hmm. where like businesses could list themselves on his website. Okay. And he used to have a lot of local used car dealers and he used to give me their uh their like newspaper booklet with all the new cars in it every week. Okay. And he would give me allowance if I could take all the cars and code code the HTML into the website. Mm. to show all the new cars and everything. Mm -hmm. So I got my start there. And then over the years, I like made my own video games. I I made my first video game for the TI-83 graphing calculator. Like the ones (laughs) I used to play in math class and stuff. So I I used to make some of those games from scratch. And then... I made a few other like silly games over <laughs> over was, the years
0: was uh, was pops into websites um, other than that or is it something that was that the only one that he did or did he do other website work that uh you, you helped Oh, him
2: he did crazy stuff so he he used to run a server out of our living room before really? even AOL was around
0: really <laughs> before
2: AOL you used to just have to dial into somebody else's server yeah so my dad had a server computer with a piece of plywood and all these modems attached to it. And then he ran a he ran a chat room called the Albany Super Chat. That's
0: fire. And
2: <laughs> all these local people used to pay him like $20 a month instead of their ISP. Okay. There weren't ISPs back then really.
1: <laughs> so that's, the uh
2: he used fire. to run that. He uh he ran a search engine for a while, so kind of like Google. And then he also had the uh the like business directory website.
0: Oh wow. Okay, yeah, I never that I never knew this about you. You know what's funny? Yeah. <laughs> it's like because I do podcasts with my friends and I learn more about them through And then I do in regular conversation. It's, in, it's incredible. And I, I know I'm not the only one. I listen to podcasts all the time and I, I'll hear yep. people talking <laughs> to their lifetime friends. Like I never knew that story. I never heard that about you, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. Um and then like I said, I know you mentioned the um, financial motivation behind what you do. What are some of the income streams that that not only specifically your websites get, but I guess other people can get if they start a website.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ways to make money on the internet. You think the the internet's kind of like just a never ending flow of people and money. So mm-hmm. you really just have to find your, your way of kind of dipping your toe in the water and catching some of that money, you know, I'm
0: getting that flow. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so I personally, I, uh, I mostly run ads on my website mm-hmm. and so I get paid per person that goes to my website, okay. essentially, uh, you can also do affiliate links, which is the essential, essentially commission sales, mm-hmm. where you write about a product, and then anyone who anyone who goes and buys the product within a certain amount of time of reading your article on it, then you get commission. Um, you can sell. You know, I I don't sell any physical products. I have a T public where I sell T shirts, but they handle all the overhead, and I essentially get commission for it.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I've seen some of your designs. Yeah, they look fire
2: yeah yeah I just, put, I just put the first uh puff crunch shirt up this week okay <laughs> it looks like uh it looks like the like thank you thank you thank you bag from like a bodega but yeah, it, says yeah. caff- it says caffeine for all of them. <laughs> nice nice
0: um yeah so and then like, so, like a lot of people do the ads do the affiliate program so people do subscriptions too right i know uh for their websites or their podcasts, depending on what their what it is the content they're putting out um
2: yeah you really like monetization you can monetize however you want but there are some content and traffic strategies that pair better with um certain type of monetization strategies mm-hmm. so you really want to think of it hol- holistically like here's my content here's where my traffic's coming from what's the best way to make money off of that combination um so for like a, sh- a straight informational blogger like myself running ads is the best yeah. um way to make money but for example, if you're selling a physical product, like you're selling, like hats, right? Mm-hmm. And a, and a hat costs thirty dollars. You could run ads instead of instead of getting uh, organic SEO traffic, you could just run ads. It's like, oh, the ad ads cost uh, ten cents a click, and then after you know a hundred clicks, that's ten dollars. You'll sell a thirty dollar hat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where so-
2: I don't I don't run any I don't run any ads on my well i run ads on my website but i don't run any ads for my website oh no okay because i i can't pay 10 cents a click to get paid 2 cents a click it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense yet, so mathematically finding, yeah. yeah so finding the the monetization strategy that works best for your content and traffic flow is really important
0: no no it makes sense um in terms of like creators uh i know you have been doing this for a while so you might have like you might like you, you you just started a new website and you've already gotten the ball rolling which is dope about that but what do you, what would you advice would you give to creators who make content but don't necessarily see that progress right away or don't they, they'll start a website but they don't necessarily see the traffic right away like I guess what what advice would you give to them to not get discouraged or quit?
2: So there are I there are a few things I also do consulting for creators to okay. where I tell them this exact thing. And the number one problem that I see creators making over and over is they put all of their eggs in the social media basket. Mm. So, like, the mindset of a lot of creators that I've met, probably the majority of creators that i met, is I'm just going to make cool shit, post about it on social media, and then if it if it pops, it pops. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm. But, like, from an internet perspective, that's the equivalent of, like, buying lottery tickets.
0: Mm, hoping you know, like, to and you go viral yeah <laughs> okay. you know, like
2: each, each post is like a lottery ticket right mm-hmm. where I think getting organic traffic is a lot better but you have to know how to do it um, and the, the basic way to do it is you have to make content on a platform that has a almost like a merit based algorithm mm. So like if, if I have the best piece of content on this topic then I'm going to get all the traffic. Gotcha. you. Okay. So that would be uh, examples. Uh, the big examples of that would be YouTube's algorithm, um, Google searches algorithm, and uh, Pinterest, oddly okay. enough, has a, has a SEO-based algorithm or has a keyword-based algorithm where social media platforms are more like a popularity contest. Mm. So like I said, like posting on social media is kind of like buying a lottery ticket where investing in a topic that you can be the absolute authority on is more like buying stock yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Cause like uh, a good example uh, that I have is I wrote an article. It was, I wrote this article like four years ago and when I posted it on social media, it got maybe 12 clicks, mm-hmm. but that article has consistently brought in a thousand readers a month for the past three ish years to the website. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. So you're talking out. about, Twelve clicks on Instagram versus what it's probably getting—it's probably approaching fifty thousand hits through mm-hmm. Google search. Mm-hmm. Well, not nice. that, not that posting on social media is bad, but I think people have unrealistic expectations about social media growth. Okay, where like that kind of growth and ramp up that people kind of dream of really comes from uh, organic or keyword-based algorithms. Unless you're just going to do something totally crazy to try to go viral, which I don't recommend.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people, too, they get they get into a game and they don't take the time to educate themselves or they don't invest the money to educate themselves. And like you mentioned earlier, you went to a seminar. I mean, you might have went through your job or something like that, but you still went there physically. You took the time and you took the the, 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 just the effort to learn something. A lot of people don't even make the Google search. Don't even watch the YouTube videos on it that are right there, the information. They just want to get their foot in it and follow what they saw someone else do without really knowing the game behind it. And, and I think that's why a lot of people, they fail. Like, And, and I won't lie, I didn't see growth right away with, that, with anything I was doing, but I always was just like, all right, what could I learn from this? And then what could, how could we grow further and, and build off what we did before? And I think a lot of people, they just don't see those numbers right away. And they're like, I'm off this, I'm off this. So
2: yeah. A <laughs> big, uh, big thing I see as well is A lot of creators have that like that mentality of like i'm an artist so i don't need the business side or they Ah. think like they think like caring about the business side of their content is phony Mm. because it's like i'm an artist i'm not a businessman and i'm like (laughs) that's like you know like it doesn't make sense when you think about it in terms of like brick and mortar stores right Yeah, yeah like if you open up a brick-and-mortar store and there's no road going to the store, it doesn't matter how cool the stuff you're selling is. They can't get there. Yeah, if people yeah. can't get to the store, right? Mm. But people kind of miss that point when it comes to online stuff. No, you're right. yeah. A lot of people have that very narrow social media focus where it's like, I just need to become as popular as possible, where that's not the only way to do things. Mm-hmm. And I would argue it's not the most lucrative way to do things
0: no no not at all um and i i fell into that before too you know what i mean where i was just like i'm a dj i don't <laughs> i don't need to learn this i don't need and it's just like no that's that's not that that was the antiquated way that's when we needed gatekeepers to let us in and now yeah, like
2: record you know mm-hmm. radio radio companies record producers yep, exactly. but we don't need that anymore yeah, but you still have to use the same tools that they use. Exactly, and a lot of people don't know. Nah, I'm just a DJ. I'm just a rapper. I'm just, <laughs> nah. It's like now nah, you gotta get in there. You gotta learn the game.
0: Um, and I know you mentioned your dad earlier, but um, what other mentors or individuals inspire you within your own field?
2: Yeah, so I, I mean, that's that's kind of hard. I know. So in general, I really like, I really like hyper creative people or people that try new things. So like when it comes to like music or art, I, I tend to like more experimental stuff. Mm. When it um, but it's it's almost like you know everyone wants to make it. So like I kind of like people who are just normal people that made it. know mm. I, I don't like a lot of the like like when it comes to like celebrities and stuff. I really don't care about the like flashy celebrities and stuff. I like seeing like uh someone like uh like Jenna Ortega right so mm-hmm. it's like she's just kind of like you know she's shy she's really smart and then she was able to like break into the you know into the mainstream she's in like he- every horror movie now yeah or someone like uh Kevin Smith you know who made his first film on 25 thousand dollars on credit cards okay and now you know he's what 13 14 movies deep now I like I like those kind of like success stories and people who just kind of made it
0: <laughs> how do you feel about like elon musk when i just he his popularity is going up and down within like the past two years with his acquisition of twitter um but do you think he's still an innovator in the field of uh just technology or or i guess what well, he's trying to get into social media now right he's trying to get into that yeah, world.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i don't even know if i really have having him you know what, elon I
1: don't, kind
2: of, I don't know he kind of comes off as like uh like a trolley internet dude yeah, yeah normally normally someone who i would hang out with but also just like it's hard it's hard to fathom somebody with that much money just how it, it almost feels like a different species
0: no you're right yeah yeah that, you look at them you're, like, right yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you're right because yeah like, what's the motivation behind everything they do it's like is there are you trolling or is there a business play here are you trying to juke the the, the stock numbers or what are you just trolling for like being an asshole with twitter finger
2: <laughs> yeah you're just like oh uh like like how far removed are like are you from a regular person's mm-hmm. life, and how long have you been removed from that? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're <laughs> it's right. Kind of, you... it's, like, it's something I think about a lot.
0: You see it with all of them the 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 Bezos, the Musk, the just the, the Bill Gates, all of them. Yeah, <laughs>
2: almost you're every right. politician. Yep. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to. Uh, I don't know. I, I find it hard to care about people. <laughs> people like that. Like you care about them because they have you know big influence over what li- you know over life and culture but like i don't know as a person I, it just doesn't doesn't really feel like a person yeah <laughs> no, no,
0: you're right and, and, and we do too much of this putting these people on a, a celebrity pedestal that you usually like i don't even care about it at that point like because you're just like they are just regular people just with a ton of money <laughs> like you said <laughs> but it's how far they remove from the, the the me and you makes it unable uh for us to feel the same way about them
2: yeah oh. i i noticed that uh phenomenon when with uh celebrity heights when you find out a celebrity is like five five because in my head all celebrities <laughs> are eight feet tall yeah yeah,
0: yeah. everybody yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think part of it too if you're seeing them on tv or on movies they're always like perfectly in frame so it yeah, like yeah. makes them feel like they're bigger than they are but 100%. i'm just like wait John Stewart's not nine feet tall.
0: <laughs> <about>? <laughs> Tom Cruise is five three. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, know, I always ask Keith on every episode uh, what he's listening to or what he's watching. Anything um entertainment-wise that you're into nowadays?
2: Uh well, I'm waiting for Barry season four to come okay. out. That's all, is that, that on
0: HBO or Prime? I can't remember. HBO. HBO, right? Yeah, okay.
2: And uh it's gonna I think it's gonna be the final season, so mm. it's gonna be really good. Uh I just watched the menu. Last oh, weekend, that's,
0: that's the movie, right? The critically acclaimed one, uh, dark comedy, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, it's like, yeah, I would call it more of like a horror satire, okay? Because like it's not, it's not like laugh out loud, funny, it's not, it's not a horror comedy like the way like Beetlejuice is a horror comedy, gotcha, you know? you, gotcha, okay? <laughs> but it definitely had, it definitely has like this dark satire to it, that's really cool.
0: That but yeah,
2: I thought, I thought that movie was awesome. Did you? Yeah, I've I heard,
0: I, I heard a lot of good reviews on it
2: and then uh music wise what just came out uh Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia had a okay. collaborative album that came out uh yeah 2 days ago yeah yeah and that was pretty wild i listened to it i listened through it once already but i need to give it a second listen to really dig into it cuz it's really wild Danny
0: Brown's really well, yeah, and I know JPEG. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know a little bit more about Danny than I know about JPEG, but they both seem like some wild boys. So I kind of imagine musically that uh, that that comes together for a wild mix.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel like it's a lot more experimental than I was expecting it to be. Because I feel like both of them together are kind of like they have like these like cartoonish personalities. So mm-hmm. I thought they would lean into that more, but it's really like heavily like avant-garde production. Okay, and just everything's kind of choppy and chaotic sounding, mm. but I, I know I liked it. I liked it on the first first uh, listen through. No, no, we'll go, see what happens.
0: Go check that out. Go check that out. Um, any tips that uh, you'd like to give young uh, bloggers, website developers that that we haven't touched on yet?
2: Uh, yeah. So do do your homework when it comes to making sure that your website it like almost every creator needs a website at this point mm-hmm. and just having a website isn't good enough you need to really make sure that the website itself functions as like a well-oiled machine so you're talking about making sure every page on your site is optimized making sure all of your databases are optimized uh are make, make sure that your site runs really fast and that it has all of that there's essentially when when an algorithm looks at a piece of your content, there are like hundreds of factors that Mm -hmm. it's factoring in. It's not just how good of a piece of content it is. It's like, you know, are the pictures the right size? Do the, are the pictures labeled correctly? Is there, you know, does the site load in under two seconds? Does it, so just making sure you're checking off as many of those boxes as you can. And uh, there are a lot of free tools out there that'll help you do that whether it's WordPress plugins or external websites. Nice,
0: nice, nice. Uh, what's next for Aaron, personally and professionally?
2: Uh, I got potentially some new stuff coming up and uh, that I can't talk about yet. Ooh, and, okay, uh, exclusive.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Y'all come back and let us know if it, if it pops off. But uh, yeah, what, what can you talk yeah. about?
2: <laughs> the uh, So we recently launched Puff Crunch like a month ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So the goal for that now is to get it to 50,000 users a month. That's when you can uh, get uh, like around 50 K is when you can start getting off of Google ads, which don't pay well. And then you can land a contract with a bigger advertising firm okay. that'll pay you better. So just getting which phaser got to that point, like around five months ago. Okay. And then getting that um so getting puff crunch up to fifty thousand users a month being able to land a better advertising contract and then that'll you know that way i'll have just from a lifestyle perspective that'll give me two passive income streams and then i can you know start building something else on top of that pay off
0: that student loan man <laughs> yep.
2: I I know i'm kind of going is. for like a like a complex thing right where like phasers like would be like complex like the main website and then puff crunch would kind of be like first we feast Mm. and then just kind of adding on adding on different brands that i can manage
0: no definitely that's a good model to follow man um any business philosophies that i guess you personally using your own business or may have heard just coming up in the game that you'd like to leave the people with
2: yeah um don't don't take everything so seriously. Um, I see it. So like there's a lot of people out there like like Gary V, for example, who's just like hyper let's get stuff done all the time. Okay. there's all these little tricks. And it's like you're going up against um what multi-billion dollar algorithms, whether it's social media or any other platform, mm-hmm. like they're gonna they're gonna know if you're phoning it in or trying to trick them it's kind of and it's kind of um in my opinion it's kind of arrogant to be like oh i'm just gonna do this and and pop off where it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna beat some of the most sophisticated ai in the world when they're Mm -hmm. reading your stuff because all all of your content gets read by ai before it goes to people right Mm. so uh i just take i try to take the most natural approach to growing my business and my content that i can whatever kind of feels right, you make sure that, you know, you're checking off all the boxes, but you don't have to, there's no crazy strategy that's going to make you successful. And like anyone who tells you that is just wrong. So yeah. just do do what's best for you. Make sure you have everything up to date and running well, and just kind of, just kind of let it go. Don't try to trick anyone. Don't try to do anything sketchy. Hmm it's hard you like a lot of a lot of creators are you know there's kind of a desperation to get popular Mm -hmm. and everything possible yep Mm -hmm. and then that leads people to trying out all sorts of crazy different strategies that not only don't work but can also hurt hurt you in the long run Mm -hmm. because now now like yeah or like yeah so like your your fans and your users see you doing crazy stuff And then on the algorithmic side of things there, you know, you can get labeled as being spammy Mm. or, and then, and then when you, when you actually turn yourself around and you you start making good content again, everyone, you know, no one trusts you anymore. You're
0: climbing out of that hole.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So just like, like doing what's best for you and not doing anything crazy. Just make the content. Make sure everything works well and just keep going for it.
0: No, nah, no. Nah. I see a lot of people play themselves in, in hopes of getting viral or get blowing up. And I'm just looking at them shaking my head. Um, some of I've the best advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no, we all have. um some of <laughs> Learning through mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to learn from it. Exactly. Some of the best advice I think you've given me, I think two things. Um, one was when I was like spending money, you know, trying to get views on things. And you were telling me, like, don't spend money on something that's not making you money. You know what I mean? Don't start advertising something that you, you have, like at that time I had nothing to push no merch no anything and it's like what's the point why are you spending money to get eyes and there's no turnaround to make that money. So I think a lot of people don't get that. They just want the eyes, they don't even really know what the next step is once they get the eyes. So that was something that um you told me I think last year at some point that that really stuck with me. Yeah, it's uh,
2: like we're uh just like we were discussing earlier if you're selling a $30 hat and you have to run $10 ads to sell it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But spending the $10 to get 50 website clicks or 50 podcast listens usually isn't worth it. Yeah, because it's not
0: turning around anything uh, financially that's going to gain for you. Um, the other thing you told me was, was not to really fear AI. And I'll, I'll let you give your own philosophy of how you feel about uh, AI blowing up the, the popularity of Chat GPT and other AI apps that we're seeing out there. But you told me, like, don't be afraid of it. Use it as a tool. You know what I mean? Don't let it hold you back. Um, but, yeah, I like, how do you feel about the, the – especially as a, a website – a, a blogger website uh, that you have right now. Um, do you, how do you feel about it? i we'll let the people know how you feel about it. <laughs>
2: so it's really, really tempting to just ask a, someone, you know, ask an AI to write an article for you and post mm-hmm. it or write a piece of content for you and post it. Um, however, kind of like what we were just discussing with like trying to trick the algorithm yep. mm-hmm. is um, most AIs have like a secret code in them. Mm. where um, someone can tell if it was written by AI or not mm. so like if you get caught using essentially plagiarized content then like and, and that's kind of what Google came out and said they're like it's not that we're specifically targeting AI writing is that we're targeting crappy writing mm. all around kind mm. of thing and that's just one type of that crappy writing you can yeah. make <laughs> but that said so i won't I won't put any a i generated writing on my website mm-hmm. just because the risk isn't worth it uh but I will use a i to help me uh outline articles okay or or um come up with different things that'll help me make content faster uh for example, like if I did oh you know if I wanted to write an article that was top ten movies that are similar to Beetlejuice and like if I were to write the article by myself, it's very possible that I would forget to mention Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. But if I asked, you know, ChatGPT, "Hey, can you give me twenty movies similar to Beetlejuice?" and it just lists them all for me, I'd be like, "Oh, I totally forgot about Ghostbusters. Let me put that in there." Okay, kind of thing. Gotcha. So it, I, I would say it for for each piece of content, it like maybe shapes like ten minutes off of my work, but it's not at the point where it's anything groundbreaking. Because, you know, I could just as easily go to IMDb, f- find someone who made a movie similar to Beetlejuice List and just yeah, look yeah. at what they had, you know?
0: Yeah, no, but, I, I, what you said, though, is what I hear a lot of um, creators say that they use as a tool to help them. They're not using yeah. it to just give them all the answers. And I've used um, different ones, just voice AI and different things like that. They're, they're tools that that are great. Um, I think maybe a couple months ago, I was more in of them. Now I'm just like, how can they help me and what can I use to do it? So... You told I me that's speech to me.
2: text a lot.
0: Speech to text, you do,
2: yeah. Because, yeah. like, the average human can talk like 300 words per minute, mm. but they can mm. only type like what 60 to 80 words per minute, yeah, yeah. So, you can literally make content three times as fast by just talking into your phone. No, it's, yeah. it's really boring because you're sitting there being like, uh, Beetlejuice was directed by Tim Burton, period. Yeah. <laughs> it stars Alec Baldwin, <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: but no, but you're right, it's though. boring, but it's a lot faster yep yeah Something especially, you told me you know no, I
2: was oh, gonna yeah. say something,
0: something you told me that stuck with me now I, I quoted you before on um the other podcast i do aonish and friends was uh nobody feels sorry for vca rep- repairman <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you know i mean I, that stuck with me bro i was like you're right man you either adapt or get left behind you
2: know. yeah you i say i say that i mean i say that to kind of be a jerk but <laughs> it's kind of true right like 100%. especially when people are like oh um like making fun of like electric cars and stuff, and they're like, Oh yeah, what about mechanics? And I'm like, Oh yeah, what about covered wagon repairmen? <laughs> what happened to them? What, what about the guy that put horseshoes on your horse?
0: Exactly, right? <laughs> you feel bad about him? Like <laughs>
2: but technology yeah, it's kind of it, it's like a perspective thing. Like we don't really care about technology that we've gone past in the past, but as technology is changing in real time, we're really worried about it, especially for the economy and the job market, uh-huh. where you're like Cause like once, once chat GPT gets really good, like you don't need like receptionists at the doctor's office anymore. You just exactly. need a computer, that, you know, <laughs> just like a, just like an Alexa on a desk.
0: Yeah. right. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. So, and, we, and you know, with the industrial revolution and all of the, um, you know, we saw that happen to a lot of agriculture mm-hmm. and then with the, when the internet came on, we, um, and as like machinery got better, we saw it happen to a lot of the industrial workers, and now like we're we're finally hitting the point where technology is starting to replace like white collar workers mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's gonna it's just gonna be, you know, in our lifetime, probably a huge shift in our society once again. Just crazy because you think like, you know, agriculture was thousands of years ago, you know, the industrial revolution was like a hundred years ago, but we've had the internet and now we're on the cusp of AI within like thirty years of each other. Mm. <laughs> so like we're growing. Our technology is, like, growing exponentially, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so go. it's just going to keep getting crazier. But being able to adapt as everything changes is really important.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Dude. Yeah, keep up with it or get left behind, man. It's scary. Uh, somebody told me there was a McDonald's the other day. No employees, just no humans. All like kiosk <laughs> and the machines are making the food. They were, like, they opened one in Arizona the other day. So I'm just like, I don't know. If, I can't that's remember crazy. if it was McDonald's or another fast food restaurant. But I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's what's coming. It's either adapt or get left behind, man. Um, is that Taco
2: Bell too? Taco Bell. Can, uh-huh. Yeah, there's one where it's just the drive-through with a building on top of it, uh-huh. and then the, the people make all the food and put it in an elevator and it sends it down. Almost like going to a bank where you get like the tube the that tube? gets sucked <laughs> up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, yo, Aaron, I appreciate you coming on today. Please tell the people one more time the websites they can find you at.
2: Sure. Um. So the main website is phasermedia.com. There's no e in phaser. It's phasr. dot com and then puffcrunch is PuffCrunch.com dot so, com. <laughs> just We're gonna, have, you we're would gonna have the
0: spelling it. right there on the screen. We're gonna have the spelling <laughs> right there on the screen for them to see. So it's a uh, a beautiful thing. Thank you for coming on. Um, and you you don't do social media for any of those right anymore, or uh,
2: do you? So I have I, I I kind of run everything through the phase of social media. I don't okay. post that often, but if you want to hit me up and you hit me up there, uh, there's a contact form on both pages. Okay uh yeah i mean anyone if anyone wants to hit me up i do consulting or even if you just want you know some tips about what you're doing yeah give them the instagram
0: give them, give
2: them the instagram real quick the instagram is phaser media just okay. like a website yeah, go and, check that uh, out. uh phaser media at gmail is my email if you want to hit me up
0: hell yeah man check yo aaron is like i said a bastion of information man and he sought me out with a lot of things i'm doing and, and a lot of things i'm doing moving forward so definitely take advantage and, and holla at the kid uh that's another episode in the books my guy uh you can check out perfect talk actually you can check out your guy dj playboy on twitter at dj playboy also on instagram at flicker pz P L I C C A P E E Z Y. um also follow perfect talk at perfect talk radio on instagram and on twitter at perfect talkers um Every episode available on www.perfecttalkpodcast.com. Um, we got the Perfect Talk Podcast, my radio show, The Night Shift. I do it with my guy DJ Show and The Night Shift. So go check that out. It's the other radio show I do. Uh, also, you can find every episode of Perfect Talk Podcast, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, you know, the big ones. And we're trying to get them in some more places, too. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Aaron, thank you for your time today, brother. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. No, no, no. We're going to keep it going. Perfect talk, product talk. You know what I'm saying? Any small business owners out there, holler at your guy, DJ Playboy. Uh, Hit me up on my Instagram at, at P-L-I-C-C-A-P-E-Z-Y. Tell me about your small business. And uh, we'll definitely showcase you on here. You know what I mean? I like to I like to get inside the brain of like entrepreneurs or small business owners because they got so much information and gems to leave us with. So, Aaron, thank you once more for the gems and uh, say goodbye to the people, brother.
2: All right. Peace, everyone. Peace.